नमस्ते फ्रेंड्स एंड वेलकम टू आर संडे एडिशन ऑफ वर्ड्स ऑफ विजडम ज्ञान गंगा ऑन आर विराट हिंदुस्तान संगम सोशल मीडिया चैनल्स टुडे इज द हंड्रेड एंड नाइनटी नाइन्थ दैट इज वन डबल नाइन एपिसोड ऑफ ज्ञान गंगा विच वी स्टार्टेड विद डॉक्टर सुब्रमण्यम स्वामी ड्यूरिंग द कोविड लॉकडाउन वी स्टार्टेड एग्जैक्टली ऑन द ट्वेल्थ सेकेंड ऑफ अप्रिल Two thousand and today we have the hundred and ninety ninth episode. Today we have a very interesting topic: government's complicity in demographic invasion of Jammu Province. And our guest with Dr. Subramaniam Swami today is Professor Madhu Kishwar. I will give you a brief introduction of Madhu Kishwar Ji. She is currently senior fellow, Nehru Memorial Museum and Library, Center for Contemporary Studies. till 2016 she was professor at the center for study of developing societies and director indic studies project as csds till 2016 in 2016 she was awarded national fellowship of the indian council for sorry indian council for social uh, uh, research uh, and uh, social science research her work work her life work represents a rare combination of academic scholarship research based social and legal activism including public interest litigation and investigative journalism on issues concerning the most neglected strata of society as well as the blasting negative stereotyping of indian society kishwar's area of work includes but not confined to people centric studies of diverse culture and faith tradition in the indic universe law liberty and livelihood aimed at evolving a pro poor agenda of economic reforms in india strengthening the culture of gender justice legal aid and pil on behalf of vulnerable groups she was the founder editor of manushi a journal about women and society and manushi sangathan an organization working for democratic reforms that promote greater social justice she has written numerous books and uh, uh, contributed to many uh, articles in numerous newspapers she has been on doordarshan her latest book the gift the girl from katua is recently published in february we will be discussing about this so with this words this is welcoming you all to our program words of wisdom gyan ganga over to dr subramaniam swami oh thank you jagdish uh, uh, we are grateful to uh, madhu kishwar to for finding time uh, to come on our program on what i consider is a very important dimension about the wrong in uh, in kashmir uh, we uh, during the period heydays of the soviet union we 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 had uh, known about how information can be used and uh, how false information can be cause havoc and so on but uh, they they were developed by scholars in the west and particularly in america was disinformation so they had information misinformation disinformation so misinformation is uh, getting the wrong facts and then uh, making a big hoo ha about it but there's no motive there and disinformation uh, is how you restructure the whole situation in a way 
in which it it goes uh, for a mischievous purpose. So here we are dealing with uh, uh, this uh, big uh, book. Uh, it's almost a thousand pages, and uh, it's already become quite well known. And uh, this uh, book, um, uh, Madhukeshwar has done with great detail, of which she has she will explain herself uh, because this is her program, uh, or she's uh, she's our invitee for this program, and. Uh, the, there was a case of a young girl uh, and she uh, was found dead and it was found that she was raped or, and so on. And uh, it became a case of a Hindu-Muslim thing, beautifully structured, in which even the chief minister of, of the BJP-supported uh, majority, Mehbooba, uh, uh, she went to town on it and created an enormous amount of uh, uh, you know, poison in the society. So what I am going to do is uh, first ask Madhuji to explain uh, uh, what the whole matter is, the uh, what the book is all about. And then uh, uh, we can discuss uh, in this program what we need to do now to correct all that has happened in the, uh, in the courts and so on and to see that the actual truth comes out and those innocent who were framed in this are properly uh, you know brought back with uh, with uh, with glory of the society so over to madhu and madhu uh, this is uh, this, this is all now your floor please take your time and explain as you see best fit after that we will subject you to some questions Namaste, Swamiji. It is really, really an honor to be on your program. And I must congratulate you also on your team's presentation of the issue even before we started. Extremely <laughs> professional and it uh, gave the background very in, in, in just about a couple of slides so that people understand what we're talking about. But however, I have prepared this presentation and your legal inputs certainly will be welcome. By the way, the book is not a thousand pages. Please don't intimidate people from reading it. It's only 640 pages. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but it's, I'm sure you will agree, Swami, that it's eminently readable. I put a lot of hard work into making it readable for a layperson who may not ever have read a legal document. So a lot of effort went into revising my draft so that it's easily comprehensible, easily graspable, and the issues are uh, laid out in a sequence that people can make sense of. For me, it was a nightmare writing this book, but I am sure it will not be a nightmare for people to read it because I tried to make it an easy read. Now we'll start with my PPT. I prepared a brief PPT because there are visuals that need to be um, also shared apart from the text. Now we're discussing government's complicity in demographic invasion of Jammu province using this case, the girl from Katwa, her murder and the alleged rape as in a way a case study of how the government of India, the state machinery, 
has been complicit in demographic invasion. And the facts will speak for themselves how crudely uh, mismanaged this case has been, what lies have been told, um, implicating innocence in order to serve uh, what I would call the Ghazwai Hind agenda of the Islamists of Kashmir Valley. Now, the brief facts of the case you've already uh, narrated, but I'll just repeat for your viewers who may have joined late. On January 10, 2018, this little girl living near Rasana Hamlet in Gathwa district vanished without a trace. That was the story let out. On January 17, her dead body was found behind Rasana village. And mind you, this is a small hamlet. It's not even a full-fledged village, just 15 to 16 households. Using the dead body of this innocent girl, Mehbooba Mufti led PDP BJP government. I think it's important to emphasize that, that the BJP had propped up the PDP. So it had the power to call halt, to put a roadblock in Mehbooba Mufti's way, but they didn't. She unleashed a reign of terror and arrested hundreds of young men from Katwa district while implicating eight innocent men on charges of abducting, gang raping and murdering the girl. And I say it with full confidence that all the eight were accused of having abducted or murdered or allegedly gang raped her or assisted in gang raping her had nothing whatsoever to do with her. They didn't even know she existed. They are totally innocent. And if you want to get at the real murderers of the girl, real culprits, you have to start investigating Mehbooba Mufti and her comrades in arm. And sadly enough, instead of um, doing the right thing at the, at the time, BJP High Command fully backed Mehbooba Mufti in this sinister plot. And that to me is unforgivable. I can't even get over it. I think the shock I got from following up on this case and looking at examining BJP's role in it uh, has left, left me traumatized for life. I just couldn't have believed this was possible, but it has happened and I think it's not the first time. They've done it in many other cases also, but let's get on with this uh, particular case. Uh, slide two, please. Now, um, it's very important for, important for people to understand the geopolitical importance of Rasana village. It's a small hamlet, as you can see, a narrow strip of about 16, 15, 16 houses. And it's close to the Indo-Park border in Kathwa district, which is about 10, 12 kilometers from there. But also connected to the Indo-Park border through these various nalas, you know, seasonal rivulets through which from the border um, armed smugglers, terrorists and drug smuggling takes place on a very, very large and sinister scale. You can also see from this map, Swami, that behind the houses, the Rasana hamlet, it's all forest land. So it's surrounded by forest land on both on all sides. But behind this forest land takes you right up to Kashmir Valley. If somebody wants to walk down this road, 
this route through the forest, they can see, safely reach the uh, northern districts of Jammu province, as well as which are already Muslim majority, as well as Kashmir Valley. And so this is a very favorite route. And it became very important geopolitically uh, for uh, Pakistan to get Katwa district become Hindu, um, sorry, Hindu minority in the way that Rajoli, Punj, Doda, Kishtwar have already become. They were also at one time Hindu majority, but now they're all Muslim majority in the way that Kashmir was turned into not only Muslim majority, but also completely um, erased the existence of Hindu community from the valley. This is exactly what they are doing, spreading their footprint. And Katwa, as one of the few remaining Hindu majority districts neighboring Pakistan border, has been very critical. And as you well know, it is from this area that a lot of attacks on Air Force Army bases have taken place. Swami, I know you, you know it better than me, how not only Bangladeshi migrants in very large number, but also Rohingya Muslims have taken to Jammu province. Not one of them is allowed to enter Kashmir. They're only taken to Jammu province and have been settled in ways as not only to encircle Jammu uh, city, which is a Hindu, used to be a Hindu city of temples, but also army bases, air force bases, and very critically, Along the highway, you see these settlements, even on riverbeds, so that they can actually play a very subversive role when time comes. And large tracts of forest land have already been taken over by Bangladeshi, Rohingya Muslims, and Muslims coming from UP and Bihar. They've been enabled to settle through that Roshni Act, you remember? And there's a big battle going on. The Roshni Act also, even though the High Court had actually declared it illegal, unconstitutional, the BJP government has said, no, no, not really. Um, and we should not be alienating these people by removing these encroachments. They are actually not willing to go by the High Court verdict on Roshni Act, which was a very detriment of land jihad. So this is also this murder. Well, is also part of land jihad, targeting Katwa district in particular at this point, but they've been doing it in other districts also, as you know, with targeted killing of Hindus, killings of Hindus, and Hindus have had to leave and abandon their villages, even in Jammu province, while the BJP pretends that things are actually normal. So this geopolitical uh, situation is important. And since it's a small hamlet, this, if all the Hindus vacated this area and neighboring villages, this would be a very good uh, hiding point for terrorists who come across from the border through these nalas. Next, please. please. Um, yeah. Now, as a lawyer, as somebody who is a super lawyer, you're not just a lawyer, you know very well that as per law in India, but also in most other countries of the world, naming and identifying rape victims is a crime. And in India also, at least two years jail and a fine. 
and especially when it affects a child and she's supposed to have been uh, eight year old actually she's possibly at least 12 year old they've lied even about her age just as they've lied about many other things <coughs> but um, they've named her so brazenly in fact i got suspicious about the authenticity of the case because i witnessed how on a ma mass scale they not only made her name but even her iconic photograph globally famous now in my book as you can see called her the girl from katwa the sacrificial victim of gazwa hind uh, and they really mean it she is a sacrificial victim and murdered in all likelihood by her own community people with full knowledge uh, of mehbooba mufti so the government should actually be investigating mehbooba mufti instead they've gone along slavishly with her fake narrative next please now uh, the scale of this you know on april 22 23 just as recently as uh, 22nd april i googled justice for this girl i won't name her and in 42 seconds it fetched 4 crore 35 lakh results in english language alone and this case has been covered in every language of the world so you can well imagine how globally famous this face and this name became it's not a small number there is no other case in the entire world where people know the name and face of the victim and i became suspicious wondering how is this happening uh, despite this strict law where a lot of people have been punished for identifying the rape victim um especially if it's a child rape victim um so uh, let's go ne next please this is what got me started and i could see that it was a well planned conspiracy um because in all articles her face and her name are both are both mentioned prominently next please next please yeah now you see all these celebrities isse pehla bhi dikhaiye from javed akhtar to akshay kumar to anupam kher and all these big demonstrations i have covered her eyes and we i've covered her but in all demonstrations and in all posts and in all videos and in news items on the social media and in many mainstream papers also and uh Uh, news channels her name and face were made very prominent next now who was orchestrating it so obviously when i did my search uh, my research i found out it all started with mehbooba mufti she named and she also published a photograph next please many others but she was the prime culprit she started it all and her key megaphones who acted in violation of law the same old people you know this gang lutens gang um which leads all such fake narratives whether it's hindu terror bogi or fake narrative uh with regard to colonel purohit sadvi pragya or even gujarat riots i mean you know they've done a a, a con job on on the indian public next please next now pvc think of it 
Can you ever imagine BBC doing it in England? Please go to the uh, earlier flight, flight, uh, slide. BBC would never do it in England. New York Times would never do it in England. They did it too with her face and naming her uh, brazenly. So it led me to believe that there had to be big masterminds, not just Mehbooba Mufti, but behind her also, there have to be other people. Please continue. Wikipedia, you will never find in the next slide, you will see even Wikipedia names her and also publishes a photograph. Have you seen it in any other case? No. Next. Now, all this is happening and the government of India is sitting quiet. The High Court took some mild notice of it, but they never sent anybody to jail, only find some newspapers a little bit. But then uh, uh, everybody else continued. And even those media houses which paid the fine didn't really bother to erase um, the photographs and the names. And what led me to ask this question, why such extraordinary interest in the Katwa case? As you well know, Swami, Rasana village is really, you know, um, in the backwaters uh, for most Lutians journalists. I don't think they even knew the spelling of Katwa. None of them have ever seen that district. And right under their nose in Delhi, 6,000 children disappear every year, uh, which is the figure provided by Child Rights Commission. They've never bothered about those children. And I asked myself, how come they've gone berserk if in my book has two chapters where I have reproduced the tweets and the articles and all the rest that Barkhadat, Rajdeep Sardesai, Nidhi Rajdan, Aarti Tikku, the, the works. Um, they've never bothered about any disappeared child in Delhi right under their nose. What is it about this remote district? Katwa, and a small village whose name was unknown to most of us. I'm sure even you had not heard it. I hadn't, though I've been to JNK so many times. What made them so eager about this child? And that's what really led me to start investigating the case, because I know they are um, serial offenders. Next. Next, please. Now, what is interesting, Swami, it's not as if when this case happened and Jammu Hindus kept quiet. No, something very unprecedented happened, which is there were mass protests. And that too actually upped my antenna because these are the Rasana hamlet that was targeted. The residents are mostly working class or low, low middle class residents. Uh, you know, some are working in a mill uh, in Bombay. The others are auto rickshaw drivers. Somebody is working as a job assistant in some shop in uh, Katwa district. You know, they're very poor people. The best uh, status was uh, was that of Patwari Sanjiram. But even he, very honest, not a rich man, didn't even own a four-wheeler, had only a two-wheeler scooter, uh, of vintage, uh, maybe 20-year-old scooter or 30-year-old scooter. So he was also of very modest means. And his sister, whose son was also implicated, is married to a peon in a private school. 
So that is the economic profile of these people. So they were not influential people. And yet, all of Jammu province rose in protest. There were massive protest demonstrations, including total band in Jammu province the day on April 10, for example, when the ch second charge sheet was sought to be filed. There were two charge sheets. The first one implicated only one uh, teenager. And then by April, they decided it's not just him. There were eight people with Sanjiram Patwari as the uh, mastermind. So against eight people the day they went to register uh, the case, uh, the police went to Katwa court. The lawyers actually tried to prevent them, saying it's it's all wrong. And they had been convinced of the wrongness of the case, not only because the charge sheet reads like the pro product of a demented brain or somebody, you know, who's on drugs or mad, lunatic. But also because between January and April, um, Mehbooba Mufti government with BJP in full alliance at that time had let loose a reign of terror. Uh, next, please. Let loose a reign of terror in that entire district, uh, arresting hundreds of innocent young men. And the terror was such that from many villages, people, including from Rasana, people fled their homes and they came and took shelter on the National Highway 44 under this large banyan tree next to a mandir and a school. And they would sleep in the school at night. And yet BJP didn't take note that all Hindus of this province were up in arms saying, please don't do this. Did you want to say something? Uh, or may I continue? Continue. Okay. Continue. Now, the Jammu Band call was interestingly given by President Bar Association of Jammu High Court, Sri B.S. Latia. You may have known him. He was a lifelong Congress worker, very sincere, much respected person. He gave a call and he pleaded not just with the BJP High Command, but also with his own party to say, please, don't allow this injustice to take place. This is totally fake case and innocents are being targeted with very sinister intent. And people could see the intent was to drive out Hindus from the Katwa district, which is what was happening. People were fleeing their villages. Okay. But neither the Congress listened to him, nor the Supreme Court, nor BJP high command. In fact, um, the saddest part is these two ministers, these are BJP ministers, Chaudhary Lal Singh and Chandra Prakash Ganga. They were forced to resign by the PMO because they joined the Hindu Ekta Manch, which was a multi-party platform. It was not, not just BJP. Every single party that had any Hindus in it joined this uh, Hindu Ekta Manch to demand nothing more than a CBI probe. Slathia ji also only demanded a CBI probe. The Bar Association went on strike. They stopped working for days on end till the Supreme Court and 
the BJP high command threatened them. Uh, can you imagine the uh, the chamber, um, the uh, what do you call it, the Bar Association, not Bar, the Bar Council of India was sent by the Supreme Court to go threaten these lawyers, not to listen to them as to why they were protesting. They were told that their licenses would be cancelled if they didn't stop protesting. Now, BJP is party to all this repression. Hundreds arrested, hundreds being tortured into making fake uh, admissions and fake confessions on the basis of which this whole case was being hooked up. And nobody paid any heed, not even the Supreme Court. Uh, appeals were sent to the Supreme Court. Please have it probed by an independent agency. Nobody paid heed. And the PMO actually came down so heavily that the BJP leaders of Jammu who were protesting were threatened. As I mentioned just now, two ministers were made to resign because they were leading massive protest demonstrations. And all those who say, you know, Hindus take everything lying low, Hindus don't rise, they don't, should have witnessed those protest demonstrations. Now, the manner in which this entire protest was crushed, and that too at the behest of whom? On the one hand, you're snubbing Hindu leaders, including president of the Bar Association, who actually died a very heartbroken man because he was dubbed a pro-rapist, Hindutva fascist. He couldn't believe it that for demanding a mere CBI probe, he would be called a fascist and a rape defender. You know? Now, at the behest of this man, Talib Hussain, history sheeter, a notorious criminal who was projected all over the country and globally as this knight in shining armor who was leading this campaign uh, for, the, for justice to this murdered girl. Now, firstly, he has multiple rapes to his credit, including rape of his sister-in-law. She had registered a case against this man much before. Also, domestic violence of very serious kind, life-threatening kind, abandoning his wife because she produced two daughters, not sons, extortion of money from in-laws, um, threatening to leave the wife, to do this to them, harm them, etc. And he's actually abandoned his wife, took away all her jewelry and whatnot. There are so many crimes to his credit. Attempted murder cases against him, violence on the campus. He pretended to be a lawyer. He never completed his law degree because he kept failing and never completed that. And yet he was presented as this knight in shining armor. Now, if I could find out all these facts, are you saying that the intelligence agencies of the government of India didn't know that he's a criminal? That PMO would not know with a CBI and IB intelligence bureau and all the rest under their uh, charge, they wouldn't know. But no, he was allowed to become a global celebrity. And uh, then finally, it's his in-laws who got him into jail for the crimes he was committing against their daughter, against other members of the family uh, and whatever. And mind you, he also raped girls in JNU who came to him as admirers. There is a moving letter by a JNU student who was his great admirer. Uh, as you well know, JNU had joined uh, hands with 
this movement, Justice for the Girl movement, uh, which uh, Talib Hussain and Shaila Rashid were leading. And there, what was he doing on the side? Raping girls and brutally, brutally raping girls. I published the letter of one of these girls. And it's so sad. She says, uh, but, you know, I wanted to complain to the police, but I didn't thinking, well, at least he didn't murder me like that eight-year-old or 12-year-old girl was murdered. Can you imagine how they cover up the crimes of their own community or their own uh, human rights? This is their idea of human rights. Next, please. Now, uh, as I uh, mentioned, that the narrative that was peddled, whether by BBC, New York Times, Washington Post, Times of India, or our multiple uh, media houses, None of them, I say with conviction and confidence, ever read the charge sheet. Now, let me briefly tell you what's the first version of the crime that the police gave out when they arrested Shubham Sangra, the first accused, who was a 17-year-old school schoolboy. They said that now we have solved the case. On January 18, they take him under custody. They torture him, they get an, uh, some kind of a confession. And as per this confession, what is the story they let out? They say that this girl was had gone to graze her horses in the forest behind Rasana village. And then she lost the for, uh, horses. So she came to Rasana and she uh, yelled and, uh, you know, to the houses, has anybody seen my horses? Has anybody seen my horses? And this young man who was uh, on the terrace of his uncle's house came down and said, I'll help you find the horses. That's the charge sheet, number one. So he comes down, then he goes around the village with uh, the, he goes around the forest. They can't find the horses because the horses were perhaps never lost in the first place. That's also possibly a cock and bull story because an eight year old girl being sent to graze horses all alone. Uh, is in itself a little odd, but let's say uh, uh, we believe that part. They couldn't find. Now listen to the rest. The rest says at six thirty he says, "Oh, uh, we can't find the horses. Let's go to my village." So she quietly follows him, and when she quietly follows him, he comes and locks her up. Where? Just see the next slide. This is in the middle of the village. This is a cattle shed where Sanji Ram's family ties their animals. It's right in the middle of the village. Huh? And you see the picture at the bottom? That's the little shed with a broken door. Uh, it's not as if it could be secured with a heavy lock that he's supposed to have put her uh, down. And she happily lay down. And how did he captivate her? I mean, how did he um, uh, bound her down? with the nara of her salwar and a little rope lying in the shed. And he put a little hanky in her mouth to shut her up. But she didn't try to shout because had she done so, um, in no time, families would have come running because it's right next to houses of villages who are very alert. When I went there in the middle of an afternoon, we didn't even call anybody. And suddenly four women had come to say, uh, what, why have you come? Or what do you want to see in this cow shed? So it's not as if if she tried to run, she could have 
been stopped or if she had yelled, nobody would have heard her. Now, this is the story they uh, peddle. And they say that for six days, he kept her. No, please keep to that uh, previous slide. For six days, they kept her. He kept her in that shed. Every day, he would bring food for her, stolen from his house, and feed her lovingly. He would also come with toffees, milkweed toffees, and give those toffees. And at night, Swami, of all the things, I mean, look at the bizarre imagination uh, of the demented officer who wrote this charge sheet. Um, at night, he would take her for a rendezvous so that she can relieve herself. And after she relieved herself, susu, potty, whatever, very lovingly, he would wash her private parts from water from a hand pump. Now, and she doesn't try to run away. This is January, very cold, doesn't have blankets, doesn't have anything to even cover her. Anybody would have caught pneumonia in six days, right? But no, she lay there very happily so that she can be given Milky Way toffees and stolen food food from his house. Um, and last day, on the sixth day evening, he says, I'm going to go drop you to your house. The story is that as he's going through the village, and mind you, her own house is no more than six, seven minutes walk from Rasana village. Okay? So it's not as if it was so far. If she had screamed loud enough, possibly even her own uh, fake family would have heard it. In the middle of the forest, he says, he decides to rape her. So when he tries to rape her, she says, I will tell to my parents. So he says, oh, you will tell to your parents. And he throttles her with her own chunni, tupatta, and then takes a big stone, heavy stone, and hits her twice on her head and leaves her there. Now, even an idiot would not leave the dead body of a girl that he has allegedly tried to rape or murdered right behind his own house, right? But he does that. That's the charge sheet version one. Then comes charge sheet version two. Because uh, Shubham is... Just one interruption. We will have to close that. And, uh, uh, at exactly at nine o'clock, so there'll be questions okay. and so on. So this is uh, how is it connected? No, but I'll just in five minutes. I'll in All five right. minutes finish the other story because that's more important. The uh -huh. temple story, uh, very quickly. Yeah. Version two is yeah. that he took her to the Deva uh, Devasthan, Kalibir Devasthan, uh, and eight people were involved in that whole conspiracy with Sanjiram and the, as the mastermind. Let's move, please, very quickly. Now, um, so these eight are, this is the humble shrine, one room, uh, unprotected structure, open windows, no uh, shisha even, uh, open to view. Anybody passing by can see everything inside. Next slide, please. And this is three minutes walk from Rasana village. You can see just one room. And anybody can see three doors managed by three different villages. Um, so it's a shrine common to three villages. And they said that in this shrine, these people 
uh, it now it's not just one person that teenager but teenager plus and he even invites one of his cousins to come from merit who was giving exams there a total cock and bull story to come and satisfy his lust that child managed to escape because cctv footage of his appearing um, uh, in uh, withdrawing money from atms in muzaffarnagar were found anyway next please next quickly um, yeah so these are uh, pictures of yeah they say they kept he kept her they kept her on this after raping her they would put her on this table there's just this one piece of furniture 2 feet by 3 feet and on top or underneath it they would cover with dhuris and give us some uh, uh, epidural of non existent strength to uh, make her unconscious so for many days she lay unconscious while they gangraped her she never woke up and interestingly now can you hide somebody in the kind of room i just showed you with daily devotees coming into this mandir not only that on 13th of january there was lodi and makar sankranti was january 14 where three villages together did come together to celebrate these festivals uh and these both festivals are important in rural india especially in north india and there was kirtan there was langar there was everything and nobody noticed that this girl was lying first alive and then they said she her dead body was also dumped there because they couldn't find a place to dump a dead body next very quickly i'll finish in next please yeah uh this photo i won't tell uh, there's lot uh, you know how they didn't even uh publicize it at the right time that the girl had vanished they only woke up when her dead body was found and big demonstrations broke out uh national highway was blocked uh but they didn't bother while she remained disappeared for one whole week i've described all that um uh, you know the entire game plan that came out there in detail in my book next please you you see this they block they take the dead body out after the post mortem block the highway shinebark syndrome huh national highway and the police lets them do it mind you bjp in power national highway going all the way to the border kashmir border allowed to be blocked with this dead body uh, for endless amount of time and they run amok but bjp remains totally indifferent next not order cbi probe most important post mortem report does not support rape leave alone gang rape no sperm detected very boldly written in the forensic lab report pmrs also make no mention of injuries to her private parts or her internal organs a girl can't be gang raped and have no internal injuries next um there are a lot of contradictions in the post mortem report firstly they said she had been electrocuted and a human bites all over her body pmr does not say that they they alleged she was strangulated and her head hit twice with heavy stone even second time but pmr does not mention even a crack on her forehead or her skull <clears throat> or a drop of blood there and all the allegations they made actually are not supported by post mortem reports i have analyzed the pmrs in detail most importantly 
one of the key accused vishal jangotra who apparently <coughs> came all the way from muzaffarnagar to satisfy his lust with this girl at the invitation of his cousin was actually giving exams in muzaffarnagar <coughs> there was cctv footage of all that testimony My of God. his landlady testimony of his principal and much else and they told such gross lies about his having come <coughs> taken part in gang rape and the rest now judge tejwinder singh uh gave life imprisonment till the last breath to three persons supposedly key accused he had to very reluctantly acquit that muzaffar nagar <coughs> son muzaffar nagar based son of sanjiram but he himself was put under investigation for illegal gratification and misdemeanors and becoming of a judge he has a very dirty track record there's much against him that i don't have time to talk about so anyway where are we now after the 2019 legally unsustainable judgment by sessions judge tejwinder seeing all the convicted persons appealed to the high court of punjab and haryana even after the fall of pdp bgp alliance in jnk government of india continued to support pdp pedal fake narrative government has even supported kathua girl's father father's malicious plea that all eight should be given death sentence i i am appalled death sentence they are demanding for these innocents kathua hindus continue to live under terror and many young men have been sent away from their villages because they they find it unsafe to keep their young men in the in 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 that district so hindu ka palayan already shuru ho hi gaya hai wahan se bhi and most rasana villagers i have video recording of it have abandoned their farms since they feel insecure going into the forest but demographic invasion continues unabated uh with bjp merely ignoring all this right under their nose this is where we are swami well thank you very much i must compliment you the amount of research is done uh as uh, you know not as an official of the government uh, who is all the paraphernalia to help but on your own as a tremendous and we have to take this forward and bring it to a, a conclusion uh so that uh, after this uh, program is over and when you are a little free we i'll uh, get some lawyers also and we can sit down and see what documents uh, can be put together and we'll take it from there okay. at the moment uh, my colleagues want to ask questions so uh, yes. let me hand it over to our uh, to jagdish and the others uh, to to proceed with uh, any clarification questions suggestions that our colleagues want to ask for madhu ji my question to you is why is the bjp uh, and bjp leaders and then the government and even now wanting to do such a thing to the hindus of jammu why you think they are doing such thing we are hearing from all over the country and the anbug gunbugs are uh, very unhappy that we are raising these type of issues but why you think they are doing this especially in jammu and kashmir i think they made a secret pact with the devil at least the top leaders have 
which is why, for example, they will not declare Ram Setu as a national heritage site. How can you explain it? Nobody in their right mind, or why will they not utter a word when Palgar sadhus are lynched uh, with cameras rolling in the presence of the police, absolutely innocent and unarmed sadhus who don't even know what's hit them. Um, so many cases of Sartan Se Juda, not a word from BJP High Command. There's so many acts of omission and commission to their credit that I think we are all in a state of shock. I certainly am. I've been traumatized ever since witnessing um, the, the odd, bizarre shenanigans of Modi government, um, who, which claims to be the chief defenders of Hindu interests, but actually their Tripti Karan has reached lunatic heights. Yes. Thank you. Next. Arvind Ji, you have mentioned about uh, this particular case, which is actually historic. And in terms of the kind of details which have been hidden from public, and uh, you have uh, uh, brought it out to the surface. This is, of course, congratulations to you for doing this work. But I'm just saying, Jagdish had asked this question about BJP. Any sexual crime against women is somehow defended by BJP people. And it has been happening in Jantar Mantar for a few months now. The, the wrestlers have been uh, accusing the BJP leader. And the government is not doing anything. They have taken almost six months now. And though the, 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 they say the charge sheet has been uh, uh, now filed, but it's still the case. So do you think there is some inherent thing in BJP that, you know, that they defend these kind of characters? No, I think what actually worries me more, Jantar Mantar, they have massive support. How that case will pan out is yet to be seen. And there's not, there's not comfortable. But I think what is of concern, what ought to be of concern to us Hindus, is that there is not a single party in the entire country which listens to Hindu grievances, their pain, their anguish, or their cry for justice. Tell me one party which said, look, if Hindus of Jammu province as one man and one woman are rising and over long period of months, please at least listen to them. Why can't you uh, agree to a CBI probe? It's a very modest demand. No, not one party. And there is Dr. Swami, there are stray voices, there are individuals who are doing it. But tell me one party which is um, which has stood up for Hindus. So we really feel today totally unprotected. And BJP in particular appears to be betraying. The others don't even pretend. BJP pretends to be the tekedar of Hindu interests. Modi ji in particular gave us this illusion that we will be safe. And I actually thought, you know, I'm going to spend my old years in peace. All my life I have struggled for this issue, that issue. Now, uh, you know, all good things will happen and we'll be healthier and a more secure society. But I don't think Hindus have ever been as insecure as now. It's nearing the stage that was... 1940s or near the partition with the open threats of 
भारत तेरे टुकड़े होंगे इनशाला इनशाला एंड देर प्लान ऑफ टोटल इस्लामाइजेशन ओपनली डिक्लेयर देर नथिंग टू से अबाउट इट एक्सेप्ट मोर तृप्तिकरण एंड ऑल्सो स्वामी प्लीज नोट हैव यू एवर हर्ड द प्राइम मिनिस्टर एवर मीट जम्मू हिंदूज हैव यू सीन अ फोटोग्राफ ऑफ इम डूइंग दैट हैव यू हर्ड इम टॉक अबाउट जम्मू हिंदूज Has he ever bothered to visit Jammu? Has he ever bothered to talk to anybody who has an issue to bring to his attention from Jammu? No. So, uh, but there is a minister from Jammu in his cabinet. I mean, the, uh, his uh, oh, prime minister. Oh, I have named him as the biggest culprit, which is Dr. Jitendra Singh. whose brother was the right hand man all his life of the abdullahs and their their strong man um both these together it's not possible that they don't know and swami i went to meet dr jitendra singh before i understood his vested interest in crushing hindus of jammu i pleaded with him saying please look at how they are pleading look at the modest demand cbi is under your control he talked to me there roughly and i came out of his house really crying i couldn't believe it because after coming from jammu as very disturbed seeing all this my first trip to investigate and the main reason is that some of his political rivals like lal singh who's also from the district were leading the protest so he thought he's not very popular um and he thought oh these people will gain more uh credentials or pavan gupta a very credible uh person from sang parivar who won on his own steam at a time you know they didn't give him the ticket uh, but uh, in 2014 he won without bjp support uh, though he's from third generation sang family so dr jitin singh's role has been very 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 sad and i've named him in 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 my book as being the main reason why the prime minister did not listen and to have such a person in the pmo is in itself tragic you must surround yourself with the best people of integrity please go check in jammu whether even two people will vouch for the integrity of the man who represents that region in the pmo Hmm. Yeah. Dr. Swami, I just have one question before we conclude. We are just we, and you go ahead, Dr. Swami. Then I will have the last one question. Short question. What sure, is the exact legal status today about this case? The le- exact legal status is that one, there were two minors who were teenagers, and the courts refused to accept them as teenagers. and they subjected them to needless humiliation and test they had school certificate birth certificates everything going for them but the court said no no they are not and bone ossification test as which you well know is not very accurate uh, all their birth certificates school certificates were rad karod and one such uh, teenager has even been given life imprisonment that's one um the, uh, the second so called juvenile now is going to uh, again be tried as an adult 
three persons have been given life imprisonment till the day they breathe their last. The rest for conspiring, including two police officers and two special police officers. And their only crime that they were SPOs, uh, very active in uh, combating cow smuggling and also advising Hindus not to sell their land. That was the biggest crime that Patwari Sanjiram is supposed to have committed. He would tell people, don't sell your ancestral. Hamari jan bhoomi hai. Don't sell it um, and stick to it because there have been attempts to eject them from that area. So this is the revenge that was taken. Otherwise, it's not as if they've ever done anything wrong or they harmed Mehbuba Mufti or anybody else in any way. So now the High Court of Punjab and Haryana is uh, listening to this case. Uh, it's been gone for appeal. And I told you, they want death sentence. The government of India is supporting, or JNK government, and the law officer of the JNK government is supporting death penalty, though. Even for the guy who's been the young man who's been acquitted because he was, there's evidence that he was in Muzaffarnagar. They're saying it was Kobe death penalty, though. Even his acquittal is wrong. So, I mean, it leaves you stunned. Um, uh, the, the two, three of them got bail, uh, but they've already spent five years in jail. So, punishment. their careers are gone. Their jobs are gone. Their families are facing penury. And uh, they haven't even gotten good legal aid, Swami. I think that's the big tragedy. And I'm trying to now organize better defense for them in the high court of Punjab and Haryana, and uh, recently visited uh, Katwa for this purpose. And we're trying to put things together. I'm going to come and meet you. And thank you very much for your offer of help. Last question, and then uh, Arvindji, you can close. Uh, Ramesh ji, Ramesh ji, huh? Ramesh ji, before you go ahead, I have a quick question for her. Madam, how is this case shifted from Jammu uh, and uh, Kashmir province to uh, Patan court and how is that uh, uh, the Chandigarh High Court has jurisdiction on this matter? You know, that's the amazing thing. Never before <laughs> in the history of India has any chief minister manipulated to shift a case from her own state to a neighboring state. And why did right. it happen? Because um, this somewhat upright High Court judge was to go to Jammu. Um, but uh, Swami, would you remember her name? I, I know her well, but I, it's just the name is escaping. The moment they got to know that she was going to Gita. Delhi High Court. I think Gita Mittalji, Shai. Yeah, that's right. It's from Delhi High Court, she went yeah. to become chief. To Jammu. The moment Mehbooba realized that she's going to come to uh, uh, Jammu High Court, she got the entire uh, Lutyens gang mobilized in, Rajasi, uh, in the lead, yelling and screaming that these people will never get justice. The girl's family won't get justice in Katwa, so it better be shifted. Not only did they shift it to neighboring Punjab, but they found the most compromised, um, heavily indicted judge by the high court of his own state to take care of this case. And 
section three of my book deals with the atrocious judgment, the sheer arrogance, the stupidity, callousness uh, of this judge in handling this important case. So they found the most compromised man who is now under investigation. So at least he can't become a high court judge. Thank God. Um, so that's how it went. They created such shindig in the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court merrily agreed, saying, what's the danger? She, Mehbooba Mufti is the chief minister. She's running the administration. What danger is there to uh, this case in her own state? But she engineered it through these NGO, foreign-funded NGO activists. Okay. Good. Last yeah, question, Ramesh. Yeah, I'm just coming back to. Uh, I'm just amazed by the amount of uh, uh, hubris the media and uh, the people that you exposed today had in exposing the girl, naming her, and things like that. But in the appeal case, don't you think they're continuing to do this, and they're going to continue to do this more and vilify where we are and these uh, accused further? Yes, of course. When they, uh, when Sanjiram, for example, applied for bail, they went ballistic, saying life of this family will be endangered. Whereas the fact is that it's the Hindus who are actually endangered. The allegation is that Sanjiram uh, got this girl murdered because he wanted to drive out Muslims. The fact is, and I've produced ample evidence to show how Hindus have been on the defensive. Um, these um, Islamists, actually uh, the Bakarwals and um, Gujars, they actually graze on Hindu lands and the Hindus tried to protect their lands by fencing them. Then they considered it an affront. They beat them up. They've even murdered Hindus simply because they protested uh, against their lands being grazed by animals, their standing crops being destroyed. So Hindus are fleeing from various districts of Jammu province. But it's very typical, uh, you know, Al-Takiya technique, which is they will slaughter you and then claim victimhood for themselves. Um, so and that's what question. they've done here too. Last question. And, and you should go actually see section two of my book where I've reproduced that, not only their tweets and their Facebook posts, they speak volumes. That was the hardest part to establish their complicity in creating mm -hmm. this echo chamber of false narrative. Yeah, the last thing, the, the FIR that you've published today, what we have shown to the viewers today, the, the lawyers of the, uh, of the victim, they have produced some different FIRs because they are saying the postmortem, even the PMR, the doctors who conduct the PMR, and one of these things it's saying that the girl was sexually assaulted and died of asphyxia. And which the FIR, as you said, doesn't show. How does the Supreme Court? How does the Supreme Court take this into consideration? I'm just amazed. Nobody by reads that. it. Nobody reads the case. I'm not sure many of the lawyers. When I talk to the lawyers who are representing these people, I'm not sure they have read the documents as closely as I've tried to do. If they had done it, and they, and you know, in courts, Swami, you know what kind of atmosphere prevails, especially when the judge has been instructed that he has to do a hijab. He didn't listen. And in fact, this Tejwinder Singh used to tell lawyers very arrogantly, why are you wasting your breath? 
it's going to be a waste of time so just go easy go easy that's what he would tell them in court they, they didn't read and most they didn't get the best of legal aid for example that i say for sure even today in high court when i try to speak to the lawyers who've charged 10 lakh 15 lakhs from these very poor people who had to sell their property they don't even have case files in their hand they don't know when the next date will be when i call these lawyers and ask them when is the next date i want to be present they don't even talk to me properly i've never faced a situation where people will not answer my questions i mean even when i talk to the law minister in delhi it's not likely that he would refuse to talk to me but such is the state of affairs um you know it, it actually brings the legal profession to great great shame because none of them and i mean not one journalist who read the charge sheet not one journalist who read the post mortem report i can't believe it but it's spoon fed journalism bbc journalists doing the same new york times doing the same i mean every single newspaper and tv channel uh, but for some programs the z tv did thanks to that cctv footage of atms from which um, this uh, vishal jangotra was withdrawing money if z tv had not played that footage then this judge would not have accepted any other evidence because the entire case swami and this is the most important thing in uh, criminal cases uh, crime has to be produced beyond reasonable doubt here there are big holes in everything the only basis for convicting or trying these people is the confession of that teenager shubham who was first arrested they tortured him they tortured so many youngsters into giving false testimonies 232 were arrested and then 114 were dropped um how could there be so many hundreds of witnesses uh, to a murder that uh, took place in the privacy of x y z place the whole narrative is so bizarre that you don't know whether to cry or laugh or to go hit your head against a wall it's so bad but such cases are becoming routine and i mean you know there's so many other cases uh, colonel purohit's case maya kodnani's case which also i've read about 100% lies but they got away with incarcerating her for so many years so many years nobody helped her total so betrayal of hindus absolute betrayal yes. of hindus in jammu and i mean 370 has not brought any change absolutely no change in the status we're treating it get worse now more hindus are getting or hindutva and hindus are getting mistreated across the country doc i mean this it is just as madhuji thank you this is heart rendering to see i mean i agree that the girl there is a victim but the way the injustice just being propped up on hindus it, it is just amazing at the end of the day and what did what did modi get out of this nothing dr swami at the end of the day you know this is the the mufti government and then what else we have to back to square one and nothing it's just but it's not over actually it's not over yet okay arvind ji sorry go ahead you can control we'll pass the part for 10 minutes over go ahead arvind ji 
we'll give them a run for their money okay <laughs> madam just tell us who is the publisher of your book so our viewers will know uh, uh it's been published by garuda prakashan nobody else would have published a book like this uh but i you you can also order okay. it through manushi manushi.in on our website we give a good discount so i urge you all to read it it is also for you for young um, journalists for lawyers a training manual for how to blast fake narratives i've done it repeatedly on many issues but i think this is um the most important and the most detailed training manual anybody could provide you so i urge you all to especially young lawyers law students and journalists if you wish to understand how to go about blasting fake narratives how to do your own investigations not be spoon fed we have too much spoon fed journalism then do read this book the girl from you know, katwa of- victim of gazwahin sacrificial victim of gazwahin that's what i've named and sami please join me yeah i told yeah. you we are we're going to meet soon and we'll be back on this program yes. also with a totally different scenario from what has been painted so far in terms of uh, depressing our all of us we are we are not going to let it go like this and we have to create a a faith that these things can be fought right doctor thank you thank you i'm really thank you, grateful for that thank arvind ji you can conclude thank you congratulations to you congratulations to you dr madhukeshwar ji for doing such kind of research yeah. in a case which has been lingering on for years and injustice has been done to uh, uh, the case victims and the the criminals have not been identified yet uh, correctly uh, you have presented full document minutest details possible uh, to support your point and you have exposed all the vested interests and have also shown that crime is also a political issue for people crime people are not interested in solving the the the, the criminal uh, cases but they are only interested in political uh, taking political sides and congratulations once again for even having exposed media Yeah. Uh, which has been biased and you also exposed judiciary i mean the, your courageous uh, step by writing this book should be congratulated and book should also be publicized as much as possible the judiciary is also under question media is also under question and of course you have named a minister who is in pmo who has not uh, been been uh, with the truth and therefore this is very important and i congratulate dr swami for initiating this uh, issue and bringing dr madhukishwar for this program because this is one issue uh, which where people have been you know but not clear about what is the mystery about this case and you have exposed through your book and i i wish your book also uh, is read by mo- many more people both in media and uh, judiciary uh, so that they find the reason i also congratulate you for having mentioned this issue about 6000 children disappearing from delhi every year this is child rights uh, commission's report but people are not interested it is very surprising that government of the day 
is not sensitive enough to notice these kind of issues and ignoring these kind of issues for political reasons. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Jagdish Shetty. Thanks, uh, Ramesh Swamiji, for being uh, uh, hosting this program. Thanks also to the technical team led by Ashish Shetty, Gadgi Rakesh, Ishwar Ayer, Swaminathan, Tejas, uh, Vishal Mehta, Najesh Nair. Uh, as Dr. Swami has said, this is not end of the program of 90 minutes or so, but we will continue to take up this issue. And Dr. Swami has shown personal interest in this issue and he will take, and as you know, once Dr. Swami takes a personal interest in any yes. legal case, he takes it to the uh, last uh, point and uh, until the, the case is uh, really uh, solved. So thank you all for being with us. Thank you viewers for being with us. In fact, uh, the kind of uh, support pe people have shown today, uh, the viewers have shown today in terms of the comments that shows that how much interest people have in this issue and uh, uh, naturally the, the book will serve the purpose of dissemination of the truth of in the correct information which people need we'll be meeting next sunday once again with a new issue dr subramani swami and perhaps with a new guest next issue is going to be our 200th issue yes arvindji your arvindji uh, sorry to interrupt your video is off I don't okay, know why, but on, you can continue. Issue, next issue is going to be about 200th issue. And uh, the, uh, coincidentally, it falls on the emergency day, 25th yeah. June. So we will have a, a appropriate guest. Dr. Swami will decide uh, to invite somebody who is very, very important. And let us see. So viewers will be meeting you again on 25th of June in 200th issue. We, as Jagdish said, we started in 2020. And it is now almost three, three years the two and a half years that we have completed 200. Thank you very much for supporting us continuously. And in 140 countries, we are being watched. And this program, it would not be possible without the support of the viewers. Thank you very much. We'll be meeting next Sunday. Till then, Namaskar, Jai Hind. Namaste, Jai Hind.